You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here, where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. Good morning from my cold little workspace. Good morning. <laughs> it is cold. It's windy as all hell outside. I'm like, wait, wait. Is 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 this because all hell's gonna break loose tomorrow? Because I don't know what's gonna happen. It's the day before election day. <laughs> Whenever you do listen to this, whether it's you know, I don't know, what is it? Uh, before election or after election? It feels like A D B C. Oh gosh. <laughs> so- don't know what it's going to be however um I I the reason that I kind of wanted to wait to record this um was there was a little bit of back and forth um I am going to kind of come in if you haven't already listened to it by the time you kind of get to this if you're out of order um I am going to do something after the election uh, is actually done and whenever they're finished counting whatever that looks like uh however it's been almost a week now that Indy and I have been talking about this and really kind of like, well, how do we want to kind of release this? And so I decided just to do it beforehand. Um, you know, we felt like this would, should work. We're going to go with it. <laughs> and we wanted to go over some of the things that we experienced last week when we went to vote. We both did early voting. We went on the first day for our state, which was uh, Monday, October 26th, I believe it was. And I wanted to kind of talk about what we experienced, but also for some reason, it just really stood out to me that you saw a lot of things on the news of the long lines and people not being able to vote. I think it was the governor or someone of Florida who went to vote. And there had been some hacking involved and they changed his whole county. Like We've seen some of these things pop up. 
that are overt and sometimes, you know, maybe a little bit more like subtle methods of voter suppression. However, at the end of the day, there were a lot of people that were like, fuck your voter suppression. I'm going to stand out here all day. And I don't think they were prepared for that. Right. And, and so I think that, you know, seeing what this looked like for some people and seeing what that experience might have been and hearing some of those stories, sometimes you see and hear it on TV or in an article and it seems kind of removed. And so I really wanted for you to hear what it was like for us and what our takeaways were. And just remembering that, you know, taking that time to kind of reconsider your normal. It's not always this like, oh, what about, you know, race and the police? Sometimes it's simple things and subtle things. And you'd be surprised how many things worm their way in to cause a lot of disenfranchisement. I don't even know if that's a fucking word, but I said it. <laughs> um, so I want to start India by asking you, about your experience last week and let's start about you know first first thing let's start with what time did your day start oh man i'd like to try to forget <laughs> <laughs> so my day started at five um and i think that i arrived to my polling place around 6 15 mm-hmm. how about you i think my Alarm went off at about 6.30. Um, and so, but I'm going to acknowledge now, this is where I'm going to acknowledge that my plan was the polling place. Now, there were four from my county. So I'm going to start with that. I have four from my county. And I knew that the one closest to home, which was approximately three minutes away from me, um, I had never had any issues in the past. However, it's also the the polling location that is um heavily visited by the black and brown population not all black and brown but it is heavily black and brown and so in my head my first thought was this might look like it does on tv so if this is bad i'm gonna go to the one in 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 the more white part of my county because y'all not gonna have a line and i'm gonna circumvent the system in that way fuck it i have access i'm gonna make sure my vote counts and that I can do that. And and I had talked to other people about it. So like this wasn't me trying to like get around it. It's like, no, if you want to try to screw the black people, this going to be one black person. You're not going to screw. I can drive and get to the next one. Good luck. <laughs> so I, my alarm went off around 630, but I um got up, got ready and was in my car at 726 and was at my polling place by about 7.31, like out of, parked, getting out. So I got there about a half an hour after the polling place opened. So when you got there, how many people were in line? How many people were waiting? Um, so for me, well, before we go there, I think it's important to get some context. Um, we are in different counties. Um, my county is majority black. Actually, if we're going to be honest, I think my county is pretty much mostly black. <laughs> mm-hmm. The number of people who are not black is very small. Um, when I say black, I'm also including um, people who've come from Nigeria and things like that, too. Though. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And so um, for me, I looked at my options and I'm going to pull it up just so I'm quoting correctly, but there were not many polling places available. And looking at my particular city and knowing that um, there was only one polling place for my city, which is the one of the largest cities in my county. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at radius, it is the largest city in the county. It takes up most of the county. Um to the point that it has like its own police department separate from the county. Um, So looking at those factors and knowing that my um, population density for my county is almost double of yours, um, Mm -hmm. or so I thought, and then I just pulled up the numbers during this conversation and realized it's over double. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, I should go really early. And I already know I'm probably going to be waiting in a line, even if I get there at 6.30, knowing that the polling place doesn't open until 7. So I'm going to try to do 6, 6.15, see what happens. Um, Now to go back to your question, when I arrived, there was no parking. Um, Mm -hmm. So I illegally parked at a senior center, (laughs) Mm -hmm. hoping that my car would still be there when I got done. (laughs) Um, and walked on over, didn't realize that people had parked at the neighboring uh, shopping mall, outdoor shopping mall, and walked all the way over, which was probably about a quarter mile walk, if I had oh to guess. And it was cold that morning. It was freezing. And drizzling. And it gray. wet. I just had on like a jacket, no gloves, no scarf, no hat, nothing. So I shivered my butt off the whole time. Um, I saw the line and was like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then realized, no, it wraps around twice. (laughs) Um, and I, the line got so long that it went past the actual place itself. Um, and then we had to go into the trail that took you from the senior center to this place. Um, Yeah. And so, okay, and so I'm going to step back for a second, and I'm going to give a little bit of context. Your county as a whole is bigger than mine. The city you live in is bigger than mine. Even the neighboring city and my county that is not as big as yours, um, but is I would consider probably kind of like the main part of it, has its own police um, kind of. I don't even want to, I'm like, I don't even know why you have your own police cars, division, whatever. I'm like, it ain't even that big. Oh, that's right. There's a lot of white people here. That's what we do. Sorry. I'm just being honest because like I couldn't figure out why that's there. However, they have their own police department as well. And, you know, that's we a have... subject for another day. And I don't mean to interrupt, but I do think it's important for people who don't know where we live to give some context. Mm-hmm. Mine has its own as well, and I've always wondered why, and I've realized that it's the most, it has the most expensive homes. It's mm-hmm. one of the most well-to-do, or insert terminology here, same. out of all the cities in this county. Same same with ours, because like there are some counties that, like there's um there's houses that probably have a lot of land, but they've been there forever, and these are like little tiny hole in the wall homes where you have other ones that they're like there's land, there's horses, they're like they're huge houses. And so a, a part of it probably is property value. 
But I'm going to also say that I think it's demographic based as well, in my opinion, because the the part of the county that I live in that happens to be um, more of the black population overall, we don't have that. And again, like I, I still couldn't wrap my brain around with knowing specifically where I am and knowing where India is and being like, wait, why do you have one polling location for that entire city within that county, which is a big county and a big city? And I'm like, we got four, which to me, four is still low because that that doesn't really help facilitate people getting there. If you know what I mean, something starting at 7 a.m., if you're trying to get around work and things like that, four is not very much for you to have one. That's stupid. And I'm I, I'm trying to watch my language here, but I'm like, what the like stupid, well, like from an accessibility point. We but I'm like, keep it 100. You hit the nail on the head. We have the, the police department because it's an expensive area. Now, that does not mean everything over here is expensive. You still have, you know, I think every every area has its hood. <laughs> it does. However, the upper end is million-dollar homes with lots of property, you know, yep. um, and they're not touching their neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing when you live so close to D.C. and in a highly populated area. Yes. But if we're going to be real, over here, it's Blacktown. There really mm-hmm. ain't no white people over here. Just See? keeping it 100. There's a See? lot of immigrants. There's a lot of people who've come here from other countries, but not really no white people. Um, I mean, they're here, but it's kind of rare, and they're pretty much in the planned neighborhoods mm-hmm. that are all named after a, a particular letter. That's how planned they are. It's very Stepford. And <laughs> million dollar plus home or half million dollar plus homes. Like that's where the white people are. Right. Or they're just not here. And so when I look at those numbers to give some like actual, actual context for those of you listening that have never seen this area, don't know where we live. The county that Erica, you voted in, um, has a population of, for the entire county <laughs> of 255,000 people mm-hmm. for the entire county. My county has 909,000. <laughs> it's like four times. Right. That's crazy. So hopefully that gives you a bigger picture of, of what we're looking at as far as density of humans. Mm-hmm. And, and this is assuming that these humans filled out the census, which let's keep it 100. Black people are afraid mm. to fill out the census. Can I tell you? <laughs> when they numbers first, are probably not accurate. First of all, when they come to the door... I, this, this is terrible. I, oh I'm going to tell the story. When I grew up with the whole, like, when if somebody came to the door and you didn't know somebody was coming, the first thing you did was look to see if it was Jehovah's Witness. Just, I'm just being honest. <laughs> but, and, and, and my grandmother would be like, shh, shh, get down, turn, turn the TV off. I'm sorry, y'all. It's real. It, I'm not even sorry, actually. No, I'm not. It's real. Um, and I can have a whole nother episode about my issues with religion. But anyway, but, you know, when they came to my door like this year as an adult and I've they've come before and I just don't answer the door. But this year, for some reason, it hit me different because I thought about being a kid and I'm like, I don't ever remember this happening. And it could just be that we didn't pay attention or we just didn't do it. Because fact of the matter is, as a as a black person, like it was like. 
so so you want to put me in another box? You want to take something else away from me? What do you need to know for? Why do you need to know all my business? I'm not telling you anything because there's such a distrust of what volunteering information is going to do, especially considering you feel like, well, if you really want something, you're going to take it anyway. So why am I going to give it to you? There's a whole lot of issues with that. But I, 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 did, I did fill out my census, but I did not do it when the person came to my door because I don't play the coming to my door games anyway. That's a whole nother thing. But I, it, it's it's amazing to think that like the census is done specifically to make sure that there is access to resources for things like this. And for a county like mine, that is about you know, almost four times smaller than India's. And my entire county, a quarter of hers, had more polling places than just her city in that county. That is what voter suppression looks like. Right. And that's where to me, like, it's so easy for voter suppression to just look like we're not going to let someone that has a criminal uh, record vote or we saw them removing mailboxes. We saw limiting of the drop-off boxes for your uh, mail-in or absentee votes. Um, I mean, um, ballots. However, that with the whole, like, I got four, she got one. Like, that's pretty fucking blatant. And unless you know those numbers, you don't even hear just how egregious it is. Right. And we're typically not a numbers and figures and facts conversation, but I'm like, I gotta gotta bring some numbers to this. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're just barely over 250,000 and we're yes if we're gonna be real are we really at 900 no, no. we're just, probably at a million people in this county that's just who's been counted people are not doing the census right that's just who's been counted right <laughs> and and i don't and this is where i'm gonna you know possibly be ignorant of the facts on this one but i don't even know how these numbers um include people based on like immigration status so right. I feel like who else is not being counted? Who else has other people in their house that they don't want to acknowledge lives there because they don't possibly want to have benefits affected or a landlord say something. And so they can't say anything because you feel like, well, this might be separate, but if I tell you, you might tell them and that might affect me. So those numbers are very likely off. Right. Very likely off. Okay. So I'll jump back for a second. So, we gave you numbers and it was real clear to see how even getting at 6.30 what, in the morning. Let's say you got there at 6.30. Cause okay, let me step back there. How long did it take you to get to your polling place? Um, <laughs> so it should have took me about 10 minutes. I, I would say that I'm lucky that it was right down the street from where I live. Um, but this is a pretty big city. And so I know that it could have been up to 20 minutes for other people. Um, however, once I arrived, there was no parking anywhere to be found. And had I not, I don't think anybody's going to come for me. So I'm going to just say it. Had I not illegally parked, <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have taken me about 20, I would say additional 20 minutes between parking and walking over. Um, and so let's acknowledge in that, 
I have a, a bodybuilding injury, but I'm able-bodied. I mean, I can walk for 20 minutes. It does cause some pain for me to walk much past that, especially if I have a little backpack on with some snacks or something. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But what about people who can't? Correct. And so when I got there, when I pulled up, I was like, oh, hell, there's no parking. And so I was going to park on the street, which really would have only required me to walk across the street to reach the senior center. Like it was right there. However, I looked and I'm like, no, there is parking. I actually parked. I don't even think it was 50 feet from the door. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just being transparent. Oh my goodness. Now, and and because the reality is, is from my car to the front door took less time than the time it took me to walk to the end of the line, which the end of the line for me actually happened to be right at the corner where I would turn from the street into the lot for the senior center. And so there were probably, oh, I think, what did I tell you? I want to say there were maybe 50 or so people in front of me from what I could see from me to the door. Now, of course, I'm sure, you know, inside the door, you know, all the way into the actual booth was more. But let's say for what I could see outside, sake of argument, 50 people were in front of me. Okay, some context, even with me illegally parking. Um, If I had walked a straight line over, which I didn't know that I could do, I didn't know that there was like a path um, because it was dark when I arrived, it still would have been mm, the equivalent of walking like the length of a Target parking lot away. Oh, Lord. If, if that's any context, a, a Target parking lot in like the suburbs. Not in the and that's what I, yeah, I was going to say. Like, I'm like, oh, that's a little bit of, because I'm thinking of the one up near me. I'm like, I mean, it's not terrible, but in the morning and it's cold and it's damp outside. Yeah, that's a whole thing. And so let me also acknowledge, like I fully got dressed, prepared to be out there. I had like protein bar and and stuff in my, in my purse. I had on boots. I had on, I had on, I was all black with a hoodie. I was like, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how long this is going to take me. Like I was prepared. I was fully prepared because I was just like, then there was that part of me subliminally. I do live in an area where there's way more Trump flags than I feel comfortable with. So there was also that part of me in the back of my head. Are y'all going to be out here feeling froggy trying to leap? Because I ain't trying to do this with you this morning either. Because there are some out here that are like that. Right. Right. So I did have the snacks and stuff, but I didn't have enough layers of clothes on or white clothes. I'm going to say that. However, I got there way earlier because I was just prepared for the line. And I right. was like, oh, but I was not prepared for the line because, again, like for me, that line was at least 200 people. I'm going to say it was probably more like 300 people in front of me with me getting there way before polling doors opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll give some context to that. I fast forward and <laughs> you were in line for how long did you say? So it was about 7.31 when I pulled up and got out my car, okay? I got in, voted, done, went to Starbucks. That's like 10 minutes away. Got my got my breakfast and came back all in an hour. 
it took and me about a half hour I start to finish. We were on the phone with each other, and I was still in line, and I mm-hmm. hadn't even made it to the first corner wrapping around the building twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And I was talking to um, a mutual friend of ours, and I was like, I need to call and check on India because she was outside frozen again. And like any any time I got on the phone with you, you were still outside. And then eventually you were like, I just got in the car, but I'm done frozen. And I think at that point, <laughs> it was like. It was like 945. Yeah. So it was like, was it three, three hours and 15 minutes, three hours and 30 minutes from your start? <laughs> right. That uh, is goddamn madness. Was there a line when you left? When I left, there were maybe 10 people. Okay. When I left, the line looked the same as it did when I first got in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was still like over 400 people outside. Mm-mm. Now, the next morning, my husband went early and he went to the same one, um, the, the same location, but he went right, like, he went before seven. And I think he said there were like five or 10 people in front of him. I have never seen a line in my county that has not looked like that. Even on election day where you have more polls open, it's just, it's never been short. It's never been quick. I can't think of one time, even when COVID wasn't a thing, Mm -hmm. where the line did not go outside and wrap around at least once. Now, I have never seen a line here, whether I've done, not like, I mean, like, not like what you had. I've seen a few people in front of me, but whether I've done early voting or voted on day of, if when I've lived in this county, I've never had that kind of line. I've never had an extended wait. Even when um, I was younger and voted, I remember like when I voted for um, in the election when it was uh, Barack Obama and the first time. And I was in Baltimore County at that point. I didn't stand in line that long then. I don't think I've ever stood in line like you did, ever. And any of the counties I've lived in. It's just, um, it's it's tough for me to process. So my takeaways from some of that is, number one, out of the very few polling places we did have in my county, which it was more than four, but again, with us being the biggest city, we only had one. I look at where these places are, okay? And so in order to get around to most places for most people in my county, keep in mind, I'm right near Washington, D.C. I'm like 20 minutes outside of it. So people tend to, in this area, like it's pretty safe to say that you or somebody in your house works in D.C., probably for the federal government as a contractor, for the government, whatever, Um, That's just kind of the norm. And if that is your norm, then you're incentivized to not have a vehicle, honestly, because traffic is terrible and it's just much easier to drive to a subway station, take the train, go to work. So a lot of people in this county don't have cars. That's a thing, especially if you're at an income level where you just can't afford it because housing is expensive as hell here. I think we're like um, just underneath New York and LA, like next expensive in housing. So you might not even be able to afford a vehicle. And when you look at it like that, and then you look at these polling options, as I'm looking at this list, to my knowledge, so don't quote me on it, but out of these options, I think that the subway system only goes to two of the options. 
So my location, having the long ass line that it had, still is not metro accessible or subway accessible if you're not familiar with this area. And see, and it was still that long. Right. And see, we don't have metros. We don't have, we, we have some kind of weird bus system. I don't know what this is, but it is super sparse. And so there is really no centralized um, tra- uh, transit system to get people around. And so the people that maybe don't live on the side of the county that I live on, those other locations, it's not like these are all set up in a way to where it's like, oh yeah, I could just get on the blah, blah, blah bus. And if I just got to transfer to this one, I'll be right there. No. And again, there it's spread out. Now, I don't know right. land-wise what mine is to yours, but I'll say that part of the fact that um, like we have less people is because there's a lot of farms. There's a, there's a lot of you know, uh, horse farms and, and actual like I, I grow crops types of farms. And so there's less people per capita from that point of view where yours is more citified <laughs> in the sense that, no, you know, it, let's just be honest. It is city. It's mm-hmm. there's more townhomes and condos and yes. I guess they call them piggybacks or it's not quite a townhouse, but it's not quite a condo here than the houses. So finding a farm, like, yeah, that just doesn't exist. You're looking at yeah. like high rise condos. And we have a lot. Like you we have the other things in in the, the the more city parts, but there's a lot of farms. It's a lot more spread out. A lot more spread out. Now I'm almost, you know, I could almost reach out and touch the next county over from me, uh, which is much more dense. However, fact of the matter is, like we don't live that far apart. <laughs> it is not right. like we live in completely different places. Like, you know, you're right outside of DC, but where I am, I'm, you know, close to Baltimore, but yet still close to um, like D- Delaware. And so Maryland's not huge. And this particular part over here where we are definitely isn't that huge. And so to hear how different it was based on the amount of people that needed to have access to this, what our experiences were, and we went on the first day. And again, my husband went the next day. It was even less people. Now, I don't know what that looks like right now. I actually may just drive by, you know, today just to see out of curiosity because I am a little bit curious. But to hear the accessibility that was provided for people to be able to vote. And by the time that we voted, it was already very clear that the lines were ridiculous everywhere. So no, I don't think it's an easy thing to just do a pop-up voting place. But you mean to tell me y'all couldn't figure something out in a couple of weeks beforehand? when Like this was showing up in the beginning of October. Well, and some additional context is like for us, we there's no way in my county you didn't think there was going to be lines. There was less than five people outside directing the line to be like in an orderly fashion. And when it was getting too long for the space to hold, figuring out how we're going to wrap it around, there was less. Honestly, I think it was like two people initially before less, the doors opened. And let's acknowledge that piece because we talked about this ahead of time. And we also, we talked about it with people that we knew um, personally, but then we also talked about it in pause on the play, the community, how are you going to vote? Like, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And so we knew 
we're getting up early. We're going to go this day. We knew that we had a stretch of time before we had calls. And then we also knew that we had like other days that we planned throughout the week. Like we gave ourselves contingency plans for the contingency plan. So, and this is the first time I've ever had to do that. I've never felt like, well, if I can't go at this time, let me make sure I give myself time here. And what about, never had to do that. Never. My, my husband, when he went, he specifically got a, I'm sorry, he went two days later. He went on Wednesday, matter of fact. But when he went, he specifically went on his day off. Because he was like, I don't know how long this is going to take. So I'm going to give myself all day. All day. And to know that for people here, it really was all day. Like it Mm -hmm. was at least a quarter of the day. And at that point, like what job was going to let you come in that late? So it was just interesting to see not only was it not enough places, not only is the population here too dense at 58,000 people just in my city alone, which is the most spread out city in this county. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have one place for 58,000 people. Um, there's only two people outside directing the line. And then you get inside and, you know, they were really good about making sure that like social distance was kept and that they had a mm-hmm. sanitizer and things like that. But, you know, I saw some things and I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Like the pens mm-hmm. when you were done went right back in the box and nobody Ooh. wiped them off or sprayed them, you know? And, um, once you were inside, the lines were you know, a little bit different than I expected. Um, And if you decided, whether you decided to do a paper ballot or an electronic ballot, you still had to go scan it when you were done. Wait, wait, pause. I only had one option. They, I gave them my information and they asked for whatever ballot that was, which I'm assuming was based on like my party affiliation. And that was it. There was no choice. I had that one little scantron that I had to fill out the bubbles and then I had to go feed it in the machine. Wow. That was it. I didn't have any other options. And we had a total of like 20 booths. And they, at that point we're using about 15 of them. You gotta be kidding me. We didn't have, there was no other option. Interesting. So, so I, I want to call that out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, what? I was like, huh? I didn't even know that was a thing, but apparently it is. So for us, we had the paper option. And I think that we had, if I had to guess, uh, I tried to count it, but it was just moving so quickly in there. But And they didn't want you to be in there too long because the line was crazy. Um, But I think it was about 20 or less of those little booths for your paper ballot. But then there was also maybe five max um, computers that you could do and it would print out an electronic one based on your answers. And everybody wanted to do the computer because they didn't trust the paper, which I get it. Um, but either way, it still had to be scanned. Mm-hmm. But how do we just have five more options than you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 58,000 people. You, you Five more options. See? <laughs> See? Well, you had five more and you had another... From a technological a standpoint, right. You had a whole other different method. I'm like, wait, right. I didn't have that. Now, had I gone to a different location, maybe, but mine did not is where I'm. And I'm also, again, call out. Mine was in the heavily um, black and brown populated area. And we didn't have the electronic option. Okay. So we did have the electronic option. What stands out to me though, is like 15. And then, I'm sorry. Um, 
it was 25. If we had about 20 of the paper ballot like spots where you had your mm-hmm. privacy and then about five of the electronic, um, that still left us with only 25, which is just like ridiculous, the number mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. this. And we were in like a gym. It wasn't even like a space to, to handle this. Um, yeah, and then, it would look like a gym in the senior center too. Yeah. Right. And so then when you're done, you go to scan. And I think there was only three scanners. I, and I might be wrong, but I think we had two. So how do we have two scanners to 20 spots to fill out a ballot? And in my case, 25 spots and three mm-hmm. scanners. Can you imagine if one of those scanners breaks and you have 58,000 people you need to get through? And I'm being nice. I'm saying 58,000. But when I looked it up, it's actually 58,682 people you got to get through. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> I, I, so first of all, there's, that, there's this part of my brain that's like, we keep going. We're just going to find something else wrong with this, like over and over. And... The biggest thing that I want to make sure that is understood here is that we don't live in um, low population areas and we still had questionable experiences. We live in areas that had enough of a brown population that it was questionable at best as far as what was provided and how it was facilitated. We don't live that far from each other. But we do live in a state that tends to um, vote Democratic overall. And we had to have ridiculous amounts of contingency plans and backups just in case, not knowing what things were going to look like. And all of this being said, we voted successfully. Right. Um, And at the same time, People, again, you see this stuff on TV and it seems, it seems far removed. It's just like when people, I feel like right now are seeing the um, COVID numbers rise and it feels like, oh, not here, not me. And it feels like it doesn't relate to you. It doesn't affect you. And if I could ever ask anyone to do anything, it would be to remember that the concept of how to reconsider your normal isn't about any one thing. It's not a you know, I did it and I'm done. It's very much an ongoing thing and you never know where you need to do it because of the fact it's going to seem innocuous. Oh, that doesn't matter. And it's like, you really need to think about what you take for granted. And that has nothing to do with color or race or any of these things. But what is it that you take for granted that somebody else can't? Where can you step back and listen and ask questions and be curious and have a considerable amount of empathy for realities that don't look anything like yours. And where can you have that space to just like kind of ask those questions and be like, wait, oh, that's a thing. Oh, and listen and hear just like you're doing right now. Like I need you to do this (laughs) because this was ridiculous. I mean, I've pulled at the same place. Well, in the same city <laughs> for years. And I'm going to be transparent here and say that like, that was my experience. So that was what I thought the norm was, was to have very few people that are there supporting, telling you where to stand or where to go or answering questions. A whole lot of people in lines that wrap around and not many places 
once you get inside to actually cast your ballot and scan it. Um, that's been my norm. I never would have known that it looks very different for other people. If we didn't go in this experience um, of having a whole month in our community dedicated to talking about voting, talking about your plan to vote, people coming back and saying what their early voting experience was because in other states like Virginia, they did this last month you know, or earlier this month. And had you and I, Erica, not had the conversation of what this looked like and check out in on each other the day that we were voting, I wouldn't have even realized that just in our state alone looks totally different. Yeah. One exactly. experience for the next. So there's a power in having these kind of conversations. We don't know if we don't ask. There's a power in being curious and being open to learning what other people's experiences are. Because yours, you know, I'm just going to challenge the fact that maybe there is no norm. Everyone's experience is different. And I agree with you 100%. And it's, it's, it's a real exercise in diligence to challenge what you consider normal. Think about how often you use the word normal. So we talk a lot about accessibility and trying to not use words that can be offensive. Like, you know, I've acknowledged, like I've used the word crazy and stupid. And like, I try to not use those words, but it takes a lot of mindfulness and paying attention to it. I think normal is another one of those. Because like, oh yeah, that's not normal for me. Is it even normal? Like what does normal even mean at some right. point? And so I think that there's this place to really have to step back and say, you know, is normal a thing? And even if I'm just using this as a benchmark for myself, can it possibly become something that is a hindrance? Because I rest on it in a way that I really shouldn't and it doesn't benefit me. And it can really, you know, put me in a place to where my viewpoint is, is, you know, short-sighted from it. I couldn't have said that better. And I think that when we begin to ask ourselves those questions, we can also open ourselves up to being able to see some of our privilege. In my case, the privilege that I saw the day of voting was that I can walk. I can stand for hours and hours in line and be okay. I saw elderly people that had to leave. They couldn't do it anymore. Yep. Yep. I didn't have to, I didn't have to walk to get there. I could drive to get there. Um, when I was done, I was able to then go drive and get a hot breakfast to be able to warm myself up because again, it was cold. You know, as, as of today, I have not caught the Rona from it. Because for a lot of people, that was a concern. Do you want to go stand in line with other people? Right. Because that, you know, having to stand on these little pieces of blue tape on the floor or whatever that is. Uh, because when I went, I did not, um, I did not see anybody that happened to be disabled. Um, but at least the polling location did have a ramp. So there was some accessibility there in case someone could not have utilized any stairs to get in. But, you know, and again, I had one that was you know, three minutes away. I, I had someone to watch my kids for me to go. And so I didn't have a time limit when it came to that either. You know, the fact that I was able to go in and I wasn't harassed. I didn't, you know, have anyone giving me a hard time while I was standing in line about who am I voting for or who I should vote for. There was nobody standing there uh, with, with, you know, and I, I, 
saw that this literally happened. Someone with a Trump mask on and a badge and a gun. So that, you know, that's, that's intimidation. That's another form of voter suppression. I didn't have to deal with those specific pieces, all of which are privileges. And if you are hearing what Erica is saying and you're getting chills like I am, know that these are some people's normal, mm-hmm. even if it's not yours. Reconsider your normal is about more than just race. It's about more than the large things, the small seemingly innocuous things need your attention as well. So as we talked about here, the community really did play a big part in what our experience was last month because voting was our theme. And we talked a lot about it. We we had conversations about it within the community itself, but you know, people also shared their experiences. Um, we, we talked about how you felt because it's a very emotionally charged time. And we also talked about things like, you know, if you're the person in charge, you know, are you giving paid time off to your people to go vote? Like it definitely went bigger than just, are you going to vote? But sometimes that in itself was a big thing. And I mean, at least to me, having the community really, I think was it was a huge benefit and it really does make a difference. I agree. There's something about knowing that you have other people to be able to support you in what you're doing and where you're going and the change that you are trying to embody and bring forth. And knowing that you don't have to do it alone and you don't have to do it perfectly, but that you can get that support and that fellowship with it, I think it's a it's a huge piece. And if you know that you want to finish out this year strong and you want that support as well, go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. You can go ahead and apply to be a member as well so that you can be in for our live podcast recordings and all the other amazing things that we do that aren't complete without you. As always, I appreciate you, India, for being here with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you know that I love being able to bring these conversations, cross lines, recreate boundaries, and give you some things to question as you reconsider your normal. Let's continue to get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. I love being here, being the bridge for you to walk over and become the change you want to see. So until next time. Keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity and what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. 
Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?